Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. I hope you've had a good week. A lot of things going on, like it seems like that's the new normal. So many different things going on this week that are trying to fundamentally transform America permanently. And we're going to talk about a variety of different things um, that are that are happening right now. But I, I want to thank you so much, you subscribers, for being part of what we do. We appreciate it greatly. Those of you watching on all the different platforms, please consider going to agendaweekly.com and becoming a subscriber there, where you'll get all the rest of the resources we provide each week, a news brief, prayer and action items, educational videos and articles, and other things to help you be more effective at making a difference. But thank you so much for joining me. In getting started, I want to talk about a sign I saw this week that really communicates so much about the situation we are in and how important it is that we do stand. Here's what it said. It was talking about Nazi Germany and it said this. It didn't start with gas chambers. It started with one party controlling the media one party controlling the message, one party deciding what is truth, one party censoring speech and silencing opposition, one party dividing citizens into us and them and calling on their supporters to harass them. Exactly what's been going on. It started when good people turned a blind eye and let it happen. I thought, wow, that is powerful, whoever wrote that, but that's what happened in Nazi Germany, and we can see it happening in America. We're getting a one-party system that is in control of everything, and anytime that happens, it's deadly because that's not the way it's supposed to be. There has to be accountability in systems so that one side doesn't get too extreme, and that's what we're seeing. Probably one of the main stories of the week, you probably saw it, but I want to talk about the significance of it. It was the CDC, the director of the CDC, you know, had the eviction moratorium. If people are not paying their rent, you cannot kick them out. Now, first of all, the CDC does not have the authority <laughs> to make laws or to force us to do anything. This is so serious because what it is doing, it's robbing the private property from average everyday citizens, 40% of all rental properties in America are just ma and pa operations, where it's just a people that own one rental house and they're renting it out. And when all of a sudden they don't have the income from that rent to pay their mortgage, they're gonna lose it. It is a way the Democrats are going to reward the banks for being so supportive of the Democratic Party. They're gonna get all the real estate in America back. But it's the idea that we do not own our private property that is so significant. You, you can't do what you want with your property. And if they can do it to rental properties, they can do it to homes. They can start to say, no, you can't. Uh, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to live in your home any longer. We need to, to make things just and, and have equity here. And we're, so we're going to have to move people around to live in different places or whatever. They can do whatever they want. If they can tell you that you can't charge rent, on people that are living in half of your house with you. I heard a lady talking about that. She goes, I use that rent to pay my bills and now they don't have to pay rent. And so <laughs> I don't know what to do. 
And so anyway, it was just a, a major stepping stone. Of course, it's toward the number one goal of the World Economic Forum for 2030. You'll own nothing and be happy. It's a step toward that letting you know the government is in control of private property and we will tell you what you can or can't do. And nobody's standing up. None of the Republican leadership stood up and said, what are you talking about? You have zero control of private property. They didn't do it. And of course, the number one plank of the Communist Manifesto is also abolish private property. I think that's a significant step in that direction. If you can control private property, then you can confiscate private property. And that's what they're going to do, because again, a lot of those people are going to end up losing those properties because they don't have the money to pay the mortgage on them unless someone is paying rent. Very significant. We see more and more, like we talked about last week a little bit, the push to get everyone vaxxed. I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's so over the top. Even those that have already had COVID, so they already have natural immunity and they're saying, no, you have to be vaxxed, which doesn't make any sense at all. Even in Europe, they're not doing that. If you've had COVID, you don't need to get the vaccine because you have natural immunities. But America has an agenda behind the virus. And there's many possible objectives. There could be something in there that sterilizes people or makes it harder for them to have children. It's definitely just to train for obedience total control. Do what we say or you lose your freedoms. We are the ones that give you freedoms and we can take them away. So, so a lot of those are obvious things behind the scenes. But the number one objective, the number one thing, because I've been reading about this for decades, is to get a universal ID. They needed something where it demanded they know who everyone is and what they're doing and if they've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. And this vaccine is the perfect vehicle to implement that. And so it's, again, something for decades they've talked about. How do we get a universal ID? We want to keep track of every person on the planet, know who they are, some information about them, where they move, what they're doing. How do we do that? And they've had real trouble. Back in 2010, I believe, you know, the group ID 2020 started going, we've got to get by 2020 a universal ID for everyone on the planet. And COVID then started spreading around the world in 2020. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. But Tracking and controlling world population has been a top priority. That's the first step to then becoming more totalitarian. You can't control people when you don't know who they are, you don't know where they are, and, and, and so that's the number one objective. They're going to have two classes of people, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and the only way we can keep track of that is if everyone has an ID telling us if they've been vaccinated or not. So that's the real goal there. Fear, as always, breeds submission. That's why they keep pushing the Delta variant is more dangerous. It is not. You talk to any medical doctors, as, as viruses mutate, they become less of a threat to people. Just like HIV. Remember back in the 80s when it first came out? It killed you in six months. You were dead. And now it's not it's mutated where it's not quite as deadly. People are still dying of it, but it's not at the level it used to be where it was, you know, you had about six months and you're, you're finished. Now people are living 20, 30 years with it. So 
That's what happens with viruses. The reality is there wasn't a pandemic. A pandemic means all, everyone is in danger. And we know now, no, it was a very small percentage of the population, 75 and over, with serious health conditions that are pre-existing. And so that was a lie. And we also know now that all the deaths that have happened in America and throughout the world since last summer, when top medical practitioners told us, here are some early treatment medicines and things that are almost 100% successful of stopping people from dying from this virus, and yet you couldn't put those out or you would be censored. Doctors couldn't recommend those or you'd be canceled. Well, when you see that, then you realize again, it was a purposeful pandemic and they were wanting it to be where the vaccine was the only solution. Why? <laughs> because of what I said, they need a universal ID and that was the best way to do it. And so it is evil what has happened, or even now, even almost a year later from when those reports first came out. Most doctors don't know anything about or are not allowed to push out ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and vitamin D and all the other things that were written in medical papers last summer saying, if you do these early treatment things, COVID will not be deadly to 99.9% .9 of the people. And yet we haven't done them. This is really important here. This is a letter from Carly, and listen to this. She works for the Forest Service, so it's a government job. I recently received the mandate of attesting to my vaccine status. If I fail to answer them, I am deemed unvaccinated and will be subjected to weekly testing, masking at all times, social distancing, and travel will be restricted. I'm 35 years old, a wife, a mother of three. They tried to tell me I had to wear my mask again. I told them I'm not going to. I haven't been back in the office since. And then she goes on to say this. I will not wear my mask again. The Lord calls us not to live in a spirit of fear and to not be part of lies. I pulled my kids from public school last year so they would not be in a mask. And it was the best thing for our family. She said a silver lining of COVID. And it, it, it was that for so many people. They finally pulled their kids home and realized this is helping us build a strong, healthy family. When our kids are gone all day, every day, their whole life, it's impossible to have a strong, healthy family. Some strong spiritual guidance would be much appreciated. Do I stay? Do my job until I'm fired? I could take a leave of absence or do I resign on a good note? I've always worked hard and no one can say I didn't do a good job. A couple key things on that for everyone listening. Many of you might be put to that test at some point here where they're going to try to fire you or do something to you if you don't obey what they've asked you to do. And I encourage you to stand up. I can't tell you how to do that. I can't tell you when's the right time and how to do it. There is more and more legal groups stepping up to give us ammo to say to our universities, to say to our employers, if you make us do that, we are going to sue you because you do not have a right to do that. Even the Nuremberg Code, which is international law, says no one can be forced to take an experimental medication. And that's exactly what this is. We've got a video below of a father in Alberta, Canada, who stood up 
demanding they give him more information on what the COVID-19 virus is and exactly the blueprint of it, which they can't do because nobody knows this, but we don't know really what it is. We haven't isolated it where we can say this is what it is. It's just a generic thing out there. But now they have stopped masking, distancing, vaccinations in Alberta, Canada because of this one man stand and we have the video below. You need to watch it. It's a blueprint and a model for us in every city, state and country in the world. And we need to follow that. But back to this question, the lady wanted advice on that. Many of you ladies watching, many, many of you might have other jobs outside of the home. And I know a lot of times today we, we need those because of inflation, which has robbed us of our wealth. It makes it so much harder to pay the bills. But I'll tell you this, if there's any way for you to tighten things up, maybe move to a smaller home out in the country where it's cheaper to live and to come home, quit your jobs, come home, homeschool your children to raise the next generation, that is the most powerful position in the world. That's the whole reason they tried to get women out of the home to begin with, because they wanted to raise the children. They wanted to be the ones, no, 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 we want to raise the children. Women, why don't you go out and do something meaningful? So I'm just giving you that as uh, food for thought. Think about that. All of you ladies, those of you that might be working, get your kids out of those school system, bring them home and start slowly teaching them not only the subjects, but on how to be wise and how to be prepared to be successful in life. You don't get any of that in K through 12 or in college today. They don't teach you how to run your finances and have a strong marriage and be a good father or mother. They don't teach any of that stuff. But you can teach that at home. And I just encourage you to think about that. I just this might be a wake up call for a lot of people. All the garbage that's going on in the public schools today makes me just think, how could anyone, especially if you're a Christian, allow your children to be in there for one second and to be around the bad influences that are in there for one second? Uh, it's defiling them. And we don't want that to be happening to our own children. Now, before I get into the infrastructure bill and some of the details with that that are deadly, I came across this week an old Paul Harvey episode that I know you're familiar with, but it becomes more and more powerful as the years go by. This is from 1965, so 55 years ago, and it's called If I Were the Devil. Now, just listen to this for a minute because I think it's very powerful, just like when we look back at the communist goals from the 1950s and we see here's what evil people were trying to do to our country to take us down. And then we look at other people that are good people warning us and, hey, if I were the devil, here's the things I would do to your country. And they're happening right now. And he was trying to wake people up in the 60s going, a lot of the things that you would want to do to take America down, they're happening right now in 1965. Wake up. It's powerful, especially when you look back and see it happened exactly like they said it would. Exactly. The communist goals have all been checked off. But listen to this real quick. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, America. 
I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. Slowly started penetrating the church. Oh, you don't have to be so legalistic. You can do what you want. God's forgiving. It's okay. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible's a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. That's what's being taught in all of our colleges and universities. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. <laughs> he would try to get government to be the solution to people's problems, not God. <laughs> Government, exactly what's happened. And then I get organized. Now, this is important to me. He said you even used that word. This is 1965 America. Saul Alinsky had not even written his book, Rules for Radicals, yet, which was dedicated to Lucifer and was the first kind of field manual of how to organize others to have an impact to take America down. And this is 1965, but he realized how important that is. So he said, and then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors and how to make lurid literature exciting, all the filthy stuff, so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies, which was unthinkable in the 60s, and gentlemen of distinction. I tranquilized the rest of them with pills. What's happened to TV? When I was a kid, everything was edited and clean. It had to be, because a child might see it. Today, it's pornography, it's garbage, right during prime time, profanity, blasphemy. It, it, it's all happened. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families that war with themselves. That's what the government schools are doing, turning parents and children against each other, trying to destroy the families. Churches at war with themselves and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And listen to this. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. Mesmerizing media fanning the flames. What happened last summer when the buildings are burning down? The media is covering it 24 hours a day, where you're just, you're all just focused on it so they can make money off you, and they're just fanning the flames. Oh, whites hate blacks, and blacks hate whites, and just trying to stir things up that are not true. That's, that's what he said, I would do that, cause division where you divide the country. That's one of the number one strategies of the Marxists is to do that. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Now again, he said this in 1965, there was probably hardly any schools in America that had metal detectors and drug sniffing dogs at the schools. But by the 80s, 20 years later, in the schools in Tampa where I grew up, there were metal detectors you had to walk through before you went in and drug sniffing dogs. Unbelievable. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, 
more prisoners in America than any country in the world. I'd have judges promoting pornography. That's what we had in the 70s when they said, no, you can't. It's free speech. You can print whatever you want and distribute anything you want. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. In the 60s, that was very uncommon. Today, it's regular occurrence. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take those who have and give to those who want until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. Socialism, that's, that's the road we're on. Everyone gets an equal share whether they do anything or not. Well, you will destroy the ambition and incentive of the ambitious. And when they stop working, there's nothing to share. And that's when you have to go totalitarian because those in power will never lose their power. And we won't work and there's not enough wealth being created to, to share around and to keep them propped up in their palaces. Then the guns come out and said, you will do exactly what we say. And what do you bet I could get whole states to promoting gambling as a way to get rich? In 1965, Las Vegas, Nevada was the only place in America where there were casinos and all gambling was legal. Today, it's in 48 states, different forms of gambling. I would caution against extremes and hard work in patriotism and in moral conduct. Key, do you hear that? He would try to get away from extremes where people aren't really into anything. It just, everyone's bland, has really no morals, no convictions, no values. They're, they're just, everything's kind of just watered down to be lukewarm exactly what God said he would spew out of his mouth. And then finally it says this, I would convince the young that marriage is old fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. We live in a pornographic society today. It's shocking to me how the culture has convinced women to show everyone everything they've got. It's shocking. Like when I was growing up, a woman would not walk around in lingerie type stuff because she was modest. And she's like, this is my body. I'm not letting you look at it, you some stranger. But the men that control the fashion industry said, let's use women. Let's get them to expose themselves to us. And that's what they've done. And of course, diseases. At any given time, the CDC says 20% of Americans have a sexually transmitted infection going on in their body at that moment. 20% of Americans, probably close to 60 plus percent, have a sexually transmitted disease. And each year there's 20 million new cases, according to the CDC, of sexually transmitted diseases. So we are a country of totally infected people that are being cursed because of their immorality. And then he ends with this last sentence. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what I'm doing. 
1965. It's a warning. It was a wake up. <laughs> this is what's happening. And so few paid attention. We were too busy doing meaningless things to realize we were losing our young people. We were losing our morality. We were losing the, our, our conscience. And the cost of that and the, the penalty for doing that would be the death of our country. So anyway, it's, 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 I, I love reading things that were written in the past to show people had understood what was going on even back then, and we should have known. But now on to this is so important, the infrastructure bill. The first part of it is 2,700 pages long. And of course, the Republicans are going along with it. And it's got so many things in there. I want to talk about a few of them that are really life-changing for us in America and the way we've done things. Unfortunately, only 10% is about fixing roads and bridges and things like that. And of course, everyone thinks infrastructure is that. But they've redefined infrastructure, as they always do. They redefine the terms so they can manipulate us to go along with what they want. They're like, aren't you for an infrastructure bill? And knowing when they say that to you, you're like, shouldn't we fix up our roads and highways and bridges? And everyone's like, yeah, that, that's a good idea. But only 10% is for that. Most of it are just socialist programs to destroy the wealth in America, redistribute it, and promote slavery. And Mitch McConnell is set to give Biden a huge victory to appease the Marxists on the left that want to destroy America. And we need to stand up against this. But here's some of the things. The first part of it is $1.2 trillion, which nowadays is pennies in the government's view. We also have below some more facts on this for you to call your congressmen and representatives to encourage them to vote no. It mandates that states create carbon reduction programs. So every state has to have a program. Here's how we're going to cut our carbon emissions. And they have to be accepted or rejected by the federal government. So it puts the federal government in total control of every state in America. Next, it allows the federal government to bypass the Buy American rules. So right now, our government, when it buys things, it has to buy American, which makes sense because it's using our tax dollars. But now they've changed it where they can buy everything from communist China, and it's okay. Another thing, it enables mass migration by funding border crossings and migrant welcome centers. We need to have welcome centers all across, along the border. So all the illegals coming across will have a place to be welcomed, to give them cash, to help them get resettled to small town America all over the country. I mean, it's crazy. And the Republicans are going along with this. It's unbelievable. And it redefines gender identity as a protected class. It just does that just with one stroke of the pen. It has 2,700 pages long. So there's not a single person in America that has read it. Um, each person just knows their little section. So there's probably so many other things in there that we don't know about, just like before they've passed bills and later we find out, oh, it changes this and this and this. And nobody knew because nobody had read the whole thing because there wasn't time enough to do that. And then, of course, it's filled 
with radical climate change provisions, um, $50 billion to combat climate change, of course, with no definition. So that money will go to all these liberal groups and things uh, to pay them back for, for helping with the last election to get the Democrats in there. 21 billion for environmental remediation and on and on it goes and to try to accomplish Biden's goal of having 50% of all vehicles electric by 2030, just nine years from now. Well, that's deadly for so many reasons. When you force something there when we don't have the capacity and when you use electric vehicles and the electricity for them is simply coal burning plants and things like that, which it has to be because wind and solar are not reliable. So it doesn't really do anything. It's just a, just a big smoke and mirrors campaign. When, when you're, you're burning fossil fuels to create the electricity to drive your electric car to make it so you feel like you're being green and you're not. Just like the windmills, they cause way more pollution than a coal burning plant. A lot of people don't know that and the solar panels because all the mining of minerals and things that need to be done to build those and to manufacture and to set up and to maintain. And Michael Moore, who's a total liberal, did a whole film on this showing it's a total lie. They're not green at all, not even slightly. They create more pollution than the coal fired plants. We don't care about that. We just care about how things look, not how they are. But they have another agenda behind it. If you are dependent on electricity, then if there's a power outage, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. And let me tell you, there will be a power outage coming at some time when we're totally dependent on that, where they can control us, where we can't move, we can't go anywhere. But I saw this on the Internet this week. Look at that picture. If all cars were electric, and we were caught in a three-hour traffic jam, what's going to happen with the dead batteries? And not to mention that there's virtually no heating in electric vehicles. And if you get stuck on the road all night and there's no batteries, there's no heating, there's no windshield wipers, no radio, no GPS, you could try calling 911 to bring women and children to safety, but they can't come to help you since all the roads are blocked. I mean, we were just last year in Tennessee driving through Tennessee and got stuck in a traffic jam where the car didn't even move one inch in four hours. There was hundreds of thousands of cars stuck there. If those would have been electric cars, all those cars would have died. And then you have to tow one away at a time to get them all out of there. I mean, it's total crisis. You cannot be dependent on that and have something that is so unreliable. But Again, they're just moving forward because it's all kickbacks and payolas. And ultimately, the agenda is to limit our freedom. Electric cars are way more expensive than traditional cars, and they know that. And so it's going to limit people's access to transportation. They want the only transportation out there to be public transportation. And it goes on and on. The, the three and a half trillion dollar infrastructure reconciliation bill, which they're going to just muscle on through. They've already told us that, so they don't need any Republicans involved, but they're going to do that one. And in that, here's a few things in that mass amnesty for up to 10 million illegal aliens. It's right in there. So 10 million of them will be able to come on board and start voting Democrat. 
It mandates a 50% reduction in carbon emissions along with 80% clean energy by 2030. Which again, if you even watch Michael Moore's liberal film on green energy, it can't do that. We don't have enough natural resources in America to build enough solar panels or windmills to even create enough electricity to run where 80% of that um, is running our country. We, there's not enough resources available. That's how much it takes to create these things. It's incredible. There's going to be a carbon tariff that will essentially sanction countries that don't conform to the green agenda. Now listen to this. This is important. This is the way they are stopping like all the countries of Africa and South America and other parts of the world that are very poor. It's stopping them from being able to develop at all. They will not get electricity. And you understand when you don't have electricity, that means you don't have refrigeration. And when you don't have refrigeration, you cannot preserve food. And if you cannot preserve food, that means your entire existence is just finding each day what you're going to eat. And so you can't start businesses, save up wealth, do whatever, because you're worried about what am I eating today? Because you're not able to preserve food. And that's what it is. It's to create more poverty worldwide by de you're demanding the poor countries of Africa. You have to have only wind and solar to provide electricity for your factories, which means there's no factories because they don't provide consistent electricity anyway. And on and on it goes. But this is evil because it hurts the poor and it forces them into poverty and eventually will cause them to die because as the world does this, there's going to, it's going to eliminate the jobs and, and people are going to become so poor they're not going to be able to provide for themselves. It makes universal pre-K. They want your kids at three years old. Get them away from the parents, the communists said, so they will not be indoctrinated with religion or patriotism. Well, it's all part of the plan here. It significantly increases the funding of the IRS so they can torment the people more and more. And it looks like the actual cost of that bill will be about $5.5 trillion. And it will pass because they're doing it in a way where they only need the 51 votes. So they'll get all the Democrats and Kamala Harris. It will be able to pass through the Senate and then they will start to transform America completely from the inside out. One of the other things on there, too, I forgot to mention is they're putting a per mile tax on transportation. Think about that. Who does that hurt most? Rural America, where you live out a little bit, so you have to drive. If they put a, say, a $10 tax per mile, <laughs> it'll make it so expensive to go anywhere you can't. And the, their goal in that is to make you move into the cities where then you can be, live close to your work and close to the grocery store. And so you're just stuck there. You can't travel. You can't. And, and they, it's just easier to control you. Ceausescu in Romania back in the 1980s, when he was the dictator there, he bulldozed 1700 villages throughout Romania. OK. And to make the people move into the concrete buildings in the city so he could keep an eye on them. That's back in the 70s and 80s. And he called it systematization. 
and all it is is sustainability. They took what Ceausescu did and they realized, okay, how can we maybe get people voluntarily or because there's so much pressure on them to move to the cities? That's all the Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 and all that stuff is about is making people move to concentrated areas of population so they can keep an eye on them, they can surveillance them, they can control them, and, and that's, that's the goal of it. But it was already tried back in the 70s and 80s by Ceausescu, and they saw that as the model for the world, and so they orchestrated a plan. How can we do this? Oh, the environment's having a problem. The Earth has a temperature, and we're going to push things that make this happen, but we're gonna to try to do it as if we're the good guys trying to save the planet, and so that's where we are. We're heading into communist Romania's systematization and it's a serious time and i just i think as this keeps they keep pressing the envelope there's a good chance at some point here the conflict is going to break out i mean it's just a reality um i i hope that doesn't happen but there'll be a point because there is a point where you finally have to stand up and there's a video below you need to watch by Jeffrey Botkin, and it talks about when did our founding fathers finally start shooting at the Redcoats? When did they do that? And it's very powerful because it shows they were so patient. They, they wrote letters for 10 years to the king saying, please, please keep your word on all these things you said you would do. Please stop abusing us. Please stop having troops quartered in our homes. Please stop all these things. For 10 years, they were very patient. And they agreed together, and he has some of their actual talking points there that he goes through. They say, we will not be the first one to fire the shot. We will never be on the offense. We're only going to be on defense. But if they come after us and they start shooting us, then we will not stop fighting until all threats to our liberties have been eliminated. And that's what they did. And watch that video. It's crazy that that kind of stuff's even going on. And we need to be so prayerful, so purposeful, so thoughtful. I hope and pray that does not happen. Nobody wants that to happen. So right now we need to stand and educate others with the truth and try to swell our ranks, try to pass voting laws that, that make a, the elections free and fair. We stand against these different things. We call our representatives. We do all the things we can to, but we prepare in the meantime, in case the worst case scenario happens, we're not just caught off guard. Uh, and we get to know like-minded people in our communities because it's, it's just very serious times we're living in. And, and we need to be aware of that. Be sober-minded, but always be praying and be doing the things we can do one person at a time. So again, I appreciate you watching these things being a part of what we do. I think there's no better time to be born than right now for such a time as this. And God has picked us to be the ones to stand watch over the truth right now. And that's encouraging, but I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. Please look at all the information we have below and, and do the things you can do. But until next week, God bless you.